Hello and welcome to another episode of a Brothers Creed podcast where we talk about motivation, experiences, and we explore the world around us. We're the Thomas Brothers, and I'm Jared. And I'm Ethan. And today we will be talking about the foundational pillar of your personal creed, what we're calling our credos. We're going to be talking about generosity. Uh, It's one of those important things that I think is uh, kind of pivotal in, in how you treat others. Uh, there's lots of different versions of generosity. I think some of it might be uh, monetary or maybe a donation of time or something else. Yeah. So uh, kind, we're going to get a into kind it. word we're, even. <laughs> yeah. Even a kind word, maybe a smile. Yeah. So we're going to get into it. We each have a couple story or a story about uh, uh, something we think is interesting about generosity. And then we will uh, see how we can apply it to our own personal creeds. Let's dive in. Yeah, I'm thinking I'm back. Most valuable commodity I know of is information. And that, my friends, is called integrity. That's called courage. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of. Either you're somebody or you're nobody. You're not the devil. You're practice. So, uh, generosity, I feel like it's, um, such a important aspect of, of just the human experience. And as you are generous with others, I feel like that is a way of being, showing gratitude for the things that you have. It's hard to be generous if you don't have gratitude. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. you, You can't feel like giving to others if you aren't thankful for what you have. Um, and so I feel like generosity is maybe a fruit of gratitude uh, that comes out of that. Uh, and you can quote me on that. Uh, I think one of the examples of, of, of generosity that uh, I've always loved, and I think a lot of people have heard about this, but I wanted to dive a little bit deeper into this one uh, and explain a little bit more. Uh, so lots of folks know this, this series, uh, Harry Potter, right? Uh, Harry Potter, uh, J.K. Rowling is the author there. Uh, she was just a mom, uh, and she wrote these. She wrote these books, and she was she became a billionaire off of these books, and she was put on Forbes magazine list of billionaires. Uh, but actually, she was taken off in, the, in 2012. That's when she made the the Forbes billionaire list. Uh, but they announced in 2012 that she had fallen off of that list because she had recently given. Uh, an estimated $160 million, roughly 16% of her fortune, uh, to charity. Uh, so she actually is one of the only uh, billionaires to fall off of that list because she was uh, giving charitable donations. And uh, I thought that was so interesting. Uh, and I wanted to dive in a little bit. Lots of folks have heard that. And we've actually talked about that before on the on the podcast here. But I want to talk about what she's actually giving to. I think it's so interesting. Uh one of the quotes from J.K. Rowling is that she says, you have a moral responsibility when you've been given far more than you need to do wise things with it and give intelligently. I think it's so important to give intelligently. If you just plop some someone, if you just plop $100 million on someone's lap or, or $10 million or even a million dollars on someone's lap, 
a lot of times people will just blow it. Uh, you know, like a lot of these lottery winners, they don't know how to handle that kind of money or actually it will destroy their lives in many ways because they'll, you know, money doesn't make you a good or bad person. It amplifies the kind of person that you are. So if you are a dirtbag and you're always trying to skeeve uh, and trying to, you know, cheat on your wife or whatever, if you had a, a million dollars, it might be a little bit easier to do that, you know? Uh, and so kind of ample, but if you're a generous person and you're a kind person, that's going to amplify those uh, attributes within you as well. And it's going to amplify your creed. Right. And so I'll, I'll pause there. What are your thoughts on that so far, Ethan? Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think it's kind of cool. And I love the thought that money just amplifies the person you already are. Um, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And um, no, I think generosity comes in, in a lot of different forms. And for, for J.K. Rowling to kind of see that, yeah, she had such a, a surplus that really, I mean, she probably couldn't spend in her lifetime if she tried to say, hey, you know, why not, why not help to try to, um, you know, lift, lift some other people up? Yeah, I think that's why and a lot so, of... Yeah, I was gonna say I think that's why a lot of people right now are upset with people like The Rock and Oprah. Yeah, I was just gonna say the Oprah <laughs> thing, saying, "Oh, we're a billionaire, and uh, you know, Oprah is a billionaire, and The Rock has his net worth like eight hundred million. They're like, we need you to donate your money to the families of Maui. We've already committed, not given, committed ten million dollars between us. <laughs> oh man, you know." Yeah. It's, it's just, well, and they're like we they, they and they said we set up a a foundation so that we can uh you know take care of these people. But that, the whole thing is basically it's just they want us, the average Joe, to donate to their foundation, and then they are going to take that our money that we donate to these people, and, kind of and then yeah, and then um you know <laughs> they're going to push it to to these people in their own names for their own foundations, but it's not even their, um, their money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That was pretty tone deaf to be completely honest. That was awful. That was opposite. That was like, some people can, that's like a false generosity. You could see right through it. It's like, that's kind of like the Clinton foundation. I mean, it was like what, well, yeah. 10% or, or less of that foundation even did anything that was charitable. Uh, because they're just lining their pockets. Um, uh, other organizations do that as well. Um, yeah, lots of organizations do that, or they don't actually give to charity. Uh, they just invest their money. Uh, and and uh, so I want I want to continue reading here about some of the charitable giving that generosity that she does. Uh, and I never knew this piece, but I think this is so cool. Uh, so she talks. She gives most of her money to a, a charity that she started called Lumos. Now that it basically helps tens of thousands of children. This is from the website of orphaned children, both be able to reunite with their families to find forever, forever families. And then also, uh, well, well, not also, but just rather than growing up in an orphanage, which is not very good. Uh, some of the interesting stuff on her website, it says poverty, uh, discrimination, war, or natural disaster are all factors that can cause children to become separated from their families. For many desperate par parents seeking help, their only option is to put their kids in an orphanage or other institution. Without support, most families could care for their. With support, most families could care for their children, 
and children without families could be looked after in a family-style environments or community-based services, whether they can be provided with, or they can be provided with a care that meets their needs. Uh, she, sa- she goes on to say that while orphans, orphanages are built with the best of intentions, statistics show that trauma, abuse, and isolation often happen to children who live there. So the whole purpose of Lumos. Uh, they explain that raising children in an orphanage and other institutions harms their health and development. It increases their exposure to abuse, puts them at risk for future criminal activity. And they go on to say that children in orphanages are basically isolated. Uh, so they are isolated from their families and their communities. They are often hidden behind walls and segregated. Even when orphanages and institutions are set up with good intentions, care is tailored to need to the needs of the institution, not the child. Staff struggle to cope with high numbers of childs, particularly those with complex needs. Physical contact, care, and attention become a luxury. So I, I think it's so cool that like they're trying to get these f- these kids back with their families and then help support their families so they can p- support their kids. Um, so this is one a- attribute of, of charity that... Um, I think is so important. Something that's interesting for, for me recently is I really started thinking about charity differently. Um, you know, in the past, I I had viewed it just you know me giving money to my church was was charity, but I don't necessarily believe that anymore. Uh, I think that charity uh, is uh, that the the further distance, and this is a well known thing, that the further distance there is between the giver and the receiver. Uh, the less impact it's going to have. And so I think it's so important to give uh, of your time uh, and also of your uh, means, whether that be money or whatnot, uh, to opportunities as uh, locally and uh, indirectly, if possible, to find opportunities where if someone is, you know, if you know someone, I mean, you're hard-pressed nowadays, maybe it's just me, me, my age I'm at, but just to get on social media and not hear that somebody's husband died in a car accident or that someone has breast cancer or that someone has leukemia, you know? And so finding causes like this and supporting people directly, I feel like is, uh, uh, in my mind, a a lot better uh, way for me to be generous with, with my, with my funds and then my time too, serving in my community. You know, I volunteer as a soccer coach for my kids, uh, helping the kids in the community, stuff like that. So, uh, that's uh, just find the best way that generosity means to you, uh, and then go go do that. Yeah, I, I think I'm probably just going to donate 130 million and be done with it. <laughs> you got to get there first, brother. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I completely agree. Uh, I think you know we we're not all billionaires to be able to to um, you know th- throw a positive weight around. Right with with uh, that type of funds, but I, I liked what you said about how you know the 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 closer to home, really you can make the the largest impact, uh, whether that's time or whatever else it might be, uh, whatever monetary funds that that maybe you're you're able or willing to to contribute to potentially a local cause or um, you know whatever it may be. I think that's definitely admirable and. I 100% agree in the fact that people that are truly um, grateful for what they have are probably more generous 
uh, with the things that they that they give and the charity that they give. So uh, the the story that I have is about a guy who gave uh, more than money could afford. He gave the the gift of life, let's say. Oh. So, uh, so Eddie McCarthy was a math teacher in Whitmer High School in Toledo, Ohio. Uh, he taught one of his students. Um, this was in in high school. I think it was like ninth grade or something like that. Uh, he taught geometry. He was a math teacher, and one of his students' name was Roman McCormick, um, and he taught him. He had taught him the previous year. And this is actually happening. This is actually happening right now, but it's talking about last year. So last year, uh, he had taught this this boy Roman in in his class, and Roman actually suffers. He's a, actually a sophomore in high school. He suffers from a disease that's called branchiotolerinol, or B O R for short. B O R Bohr syndrome. Uh, it is a rare hereditary condition that affects tissues, uh, tissue development, and it causes tissue development specifically in two areas, one or the other. It's in the ear or in the kidneys. And so Roman, he actually had uh, these malformations of his kidneys, and his kidneys uh, did not uh, operate function properly. So over time, as he got a little bit older, uh, leading up to his sophomore year, his Bohr syndrome, BOR syndrome, worsened, and it led to stage four kidney disease for him as a sophomore in high school. And so he was on the the list for a, a, a donor, um, but he it wasn't looking promising, especially in in their area or, or however the donor list is set up. So it appeared that he would lose his kidneys, complete kidney function and have to go on daily dialysis. And I mean, that's just a, a, a life a, destroyer. Yeah. That's, you know, your quality of life just has decreases. I mean, really that's like a ticking time bomb on your, on your life. Yeah. So he needed a kidney transplant and I'm pretty sure you can see where this is going. Um, but uh, Mrs. Red, who is uh, Roman's mother and father, Dan, they decided to reach out to to kind of the outside world, let's say, for help. So they went to some of the local news stations. They're just trying to build up like they're basically asking for charity, right? They're asking for people. Is there anyone that can help us? And so they went to the news stations, a couple different ones in, in Toledo and kind of the surrounding areas. And so they ran these stories in in the newspaper, or I mean, in on, on TV and everything else. And they set up a thing to where you could come and you could get tested anonymously to see if you were a match. And so the the mom said uh, the story was pretty much our cry for help to get a donor, to get people to want to donate, to be live donors. She said that our goal was to get a live donor because a kidney from a live donor lasts significantly longer, and the 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 possibility of 
your body accepting a kidney from a live donor was like significantly higher than from a, a deceased donor. So they're just pleading for help. Hopefully someone would, would, would reach out. So they ended up running this story and the teacher, Eddie is his name, Eddie McCarthy. He saw this story and he didn't really kind of dwell on it too much. He was just kind of like, oh, you know, that's interesting. And he didn't actually realize who it was. So in mid-February of last year, uh, he had one of this teacher, one of his friends reached out to him, who was another teacher, and said, hey, didn't you have this kid in your class? And he recognized, oh, yeah, I did have that kid last year in our, my, my geometry class. And so he said, and then the next day, or maybe the day after that, and this is from the teacher, he said, I went and got tested. He was just curious. He said, we were a match, and then I just kept going back to the hospital and kept doing the, all the tests that you have to do. And I kept coming back healthy, and it shows that I was a perfect match for him. And so this teacher, and all this is done anonymously, and so this teacher, he decided that, it, I'll read what he says here. He says, when I originally signed up, you don't think I'm going to donate my kidney. You just go into it thinking, let's see if it's a match. Let's see if it works. And then it just worked. <laughs> and he says, uh, it's pretty crazy that in the end, uh, or no, he says, it's pretty crazy that the end, it, it ends up being, you know, that I was his teacher. I know that there are a bunch of other people that probably started the process as well, but we were a perfect match. It doesn't always work out, but I'm glad this did. So obviously he decided to donate his kidney or one of his kidneys to uh, this this student, this former student of his. Yeah. And the mom said, or no, uh, the, the dad said, the fact that my son was able to get a donor just means the world to me. I will never be able to thank him, talking about Eddie, the teacher, enough for everything that he has done for us. He is a wonderful human being. And then the mother said, I was just so speechless. I couldn't think I could thank him for the rest of my life. And I would still, it would still never be enough for what is, what he is doing. And I know it is a commitment, not just for him, but for his family too. Cause he had, he was married, the teacher, he was married and had a couple of kids of his own. Yeah. Yeah. So that to me was, a great story. Actually, I heard this on the news. I think yesterday morning, as I was driving into work, I heard that this teacher uh, gave a, a kidney. And I was like, "Man, this fits perfectly into oh, yeah, to generosity." And so, I I think this this generosity number one is being willing to give up something that's important to you, like a body part, right? Uh, number two is there's a risk that goes into it. Because you have to go into surgery and you have to have one of your kidneys removed. And obviously, yes, you can probably, I think you can function if you have another healthy kidney. And with one healthy kidney, I think you can function pretty much 100%. Yeah. And so, but there's still risks. You're not going to do anything dangerous, you know. You're not going to be ticking up boxing or anything like that. 
Yeah. Well, and if you do, then just make sure that you're getting all your kidney punches on, on your the, rabbit punches on, on the spot where you don't have a kidney. <laughs> <clears throat> so it was just an example to me of of generosity. Maybe not so much of uh, a monetary generosity, although I don't know what a kidney goes for on the black market these days. Um, fifty grand, pro- probably probably pretty expensive. Not not a hundred and something billion dollars or million dollars. Um, but it was nice seeing that the the world is 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 not a terrible place. That there are people out there that want to help other people. Yeah, and it made me kind of take a, a I don't know, a look into my own personal creed, let's say, and evaluate how generous am I? And I think that goes a couple different levels. How generous am I with my community? How generous am I when I speak to others? Am I Am I generous with my kindness? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I think also it can go into how generous am I with my children? And that's not only, you know, gifts and stuff like that, but providing them with uh, the the things that they need, providing them with quality time, providing them with a dad who is who is capable and strong and and someone who they can rely on. Yeah. That is kind of I guess there's just different levels of generosity for me that I can tie into every aspect of my life. Yep. I wholeheartedly agree. I think the attribute of generosity is something that we can all incorporate into our personal creed as a as a credo or as a as a belief that we should live by. I think this is one of those eternal truths that we should uh, strive for in, in all the things that we do. So our challenge to you is, uh, your audience, is to add this to your personal creed. Uh, find ways to be generous with your time, with your money, uh, with your talents, with your resources. Uh, give back to your community. And you'll find that as you give back uh, unselfishly, uh, that that will... Uh, it will, it will come back to you, yes. Uh, but when I say unselfishly, it will also it will also uh, y- you can bless lives of others that you may not even know the impact. Uh, and, and it'll it, it'll grow. I yeah. think it'll grow and it'll promote other people to be generous as well. Exactly. So our challenge to you is to add this to your creed, and uh, thank you for joining us. And let's build our creed together. All right, let's do it. Mm-hmm.